I mean, the first and, and really the, the biggest mistake that we made starting this company was uh, not being in the actual geographic area that we're launching in. So we're here in Nashville. And for probably about the first six months of starting this company, I was living in New York, um, where, you know, where I'm from. Uh, my co-founders were in LA. We were trying to tackle this thing just by hiring someone in the Nashville market to kind of run our operations. And that was just a huge failure. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Tyler Forte of Felix Homes. Tyler, it's awesome to have you on the show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. Super excited to have you on. And before we jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Tyler so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Tyler is the CEO of Felix Homes, a tech-enabled real estate brokerage based in Nashville, Tennessee. Tyler started Felix Homes after experiencing how broken the traditional real estate process is, especially the high commission fee structure. Before starting Felix, Tyler worked as a venture capital investor in New York City, where he was tasked with sourcing and analyzing early stage tech startups. Tyler, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Absolutely. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, to, to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more on what I call your CEO story. We'll let you get started with your business. Yeah. So, um, you know, growing up, always been super entrepreneurial. Um, I was back in the neighborhood that had, you know, the lemonade stand. And then that transitioned to having like a power washing business growing up. And then it just kind of snowballed. And um, I ended up studying finance in college um, and always really loved investing, loved entrepreneurship. And so, uh, the opportunity presented itself right after graduating to work for an early stage venture capital firm. And that was just a blessing because it really allowed me to combine my two loves of entrepreneurship and uh, finance and investing. Um, so that was really, really cool. Um, did that for about two years. And then, you know, I got uh, just the entrepreneurship bug uh, once again and really decided to, um, you know, start Felix Homes with the goal of how can we make the most financially responsible way to buy or sell a home. Nice. I definitely appreciate that. And I can imagine just by getting the opportunity to work with all those early stage tech startups, I can imagine the amount of information and knowledge you probably took in and just being able to see all those different businesses, see what helped them succeed, what didn't, and you being able to kind of implement that into your business. Absolutely. And, and just kind of being on the other side, uh, you know, of the table um, as the investor kind of, you know, researching startups and, and doing my due diligence there, it was really helpful in knowing what kind of milestones a startup need to reach how to position the startup and also, you know, how to tell that story to investors and really get them excited about the company. Yeah, absolutely. And that story is definitely everything. I always feel it's a great way to, to connect and I, I love yours. And, and so I know that led you to start Felix Homes. Could you take us through a little bit more about that and how exactly you serve the clients you work with? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, what we realized was, um, you know, this whole 6% commission model uh, that traditional realtors charge, that's been around forever, basically. Um, and it's just a little bit mind boggling because only have real estate values gone up in many major cities um, around the country. I mean, we're here in Nashville and could easily buy a home in Nashville um, even 20 years ago for around 100, 150,000. And now for that same home, you're talking maybe, you know, six, $700,000. So um, as real estate values become uh, more expensive and as the job of a realtor in all honesty becomes, um, 
maybe not easier, maybe that's the wrong word, but definitely more tech enabled. Um, you know, I'm not driving across town to get a signature from my client. Uh, I don't have a big booklet of all the homes listed for sale. All that stuff is online. Um, so what we really wanted to say was, okay, now that technology has made the job of a, a realtor a little bit uh, more streamlined, you know, why aren't we passing those savings back onto the customer? Um, if you think about it, most people, they kind of use their home as their biggest source of wealth. Um, and so if, you know, kind of, um, let's say you're uh, trading a stock or an ETF, you know, you might go with a Robinhood or really all the major online brokerages have come down in, in commission. And so why isn't the same happening with real estate? Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. And I, I love, you know, I'm, I'm really big into like any, any innovation or way that people look at things differently. So to really hear that and think about it as the way you phrased it, um, understanding that there's been, I guess, more efficiencies in all industries, but definitely as we're talking about in real estate, why not, you know, pass those, um, I guess, the benefits of that on to the people that are it's potentially serving. And I think that it will drive more people to, to be able to, to invest more, to be able to put more into their real estate and, and to create more wealth and opportunity and create those win-win opportunities yeah. for everybody. Yeah, not only that, but you know, if you were to sell your home or buy a home with Felix, you know, our average customer saves over $8,000. And so, you know, while some folks decide to use that money and take a nice vacation, or, um, you know, maybe put it towards their next home that they're going to buy. I mean, just think about what type of compounding effect that's going to have if you put it in an ETF or, um, you know, put it in the stock market. I mean, heck, you know, that $8,000 in 10 years could be worth 80. So it really does add up. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you, you get that opportunity to, to be more empowered because you get that, you know, that's those savings and you get to do what you uh, hope to do in order to create and generate potentially more wealth. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I, I know we might have already touched on this a little bit. What would you consider to be what I call your secret sauce? And this could be for yourself or your business or a combination yeah. of both. But what do you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? You know, I, I think when people first hear about Felix Homes or really the discount brokerage model, um, you know, immediately they may think, oh, your secret sauce is just saving people money, right? And that's not really true. You know, we really want to brand ourselves, and we are the financially responsible real estate brokerage. Um, if people just want to save money on commissions, there are other opportunities to do that. You could do for sale by owner. Um, you could do like a flat fee MLS. Um, and we're really that, um, you know, middle ground between using a realtor and listing for sale by owner. And the reason I bring that up is because what it means to me to be financially responsible is not just saving the most money as I can. It really is trying to optimize that upside, get the very highest amount you can for the home, um, while also minimizing your cost, right? So that's really important. Um, the way we do that is really not by not cutting any corners. So a lot of people, when they think of a discount real estate brokerage, they may think, oh, am I going to have a realtor that I can call up, you know, any time of day and, and get my questions answered? Or... Um, are the photos going to come out, you know, subpar because they're trying to cut costs there? And that's just not the case, you know. Um, really, the way we make up for it is uh, just by volume. So your traditional real estate uh, agent, they work for an independently owned franchise, right? And, and this business model is really, um, you know, not the best in real estate. So when you have an independently owned franchise and then you have independent contractor agents working for that franchise, that agent is really doing everything, right? Everything under... Uh, the transaction they're responsible for um and they're really you know uh, a master of, of nothing um with us we specialize in different parts of the transaction so uh you know we have a marketing team and a social media team that will actively market the property um you know we have a photographer on staff who will take the most amazing listing photos we have a team of editors and graphic designers that will make sure that the photos come out their very best and that leaves me as the agent and any of our agents um the ability to just be that customer relationship uh, resource for for our customers 
Um, you know, so really when it comes down to it, yeah, we offer, um, you know, the ability to save on realtor commissions, but we do a lot more than that. You know, we're making sure that people walk away from the transaction with the most money they possibly can. Um, and with just superb customer service as well. Nice. I absolutely appreciate that. And, you know, I think so many times, you know, what was coming to mind is this phrase, you know, you get what you pay for, but yep. I think a lot of times we think that, okay, because I pay this, then I'm going to get that back. Or if I don't pay this, I'm not going to get this. But I love how it allows you and your team to be able to lean into the things that you do stronger to provide even more value. So it's not so much you get what you pay for, you get what you invest in, I guess, to some degree, and what the company invests in. So if you want to have that way uh, for a team uh, to be able to lean into their strengths, and that strengths happen to be those technological tools, it allows you to get, if not better, um, at least equal to what you would have gotten if you had kind of done it in a different way. Yeah. And the, the other thing just to note is that, um, again, if you kind of look back to that traditional model, right, the way it's set up, a lot of realtors out there are kind of part-time, you know, and that's great. You kind of have a side hustle, you know, maybe you're, um, you know, a teacher or, you know, you're a fireman and you kind of get your real estate license to make some extra money on the side. And that's perfectly fine. Um, but all of the real estate agents that we hire, you know, they do it full-time. And one of the issues with kind of doing it part-time is, you know, one, you may only do one or two transactions um, every month, if not every year. Um, and so the way that we're able to make up for it, because people always ask, oh, you know, you're charging about a third less than all these other realtors are, you know, how are you guys making any money? And the way we do it is by making up for it in volume. So while the, you know, average realtor may do one transaction per month, roughly, um, all of ours are doing between three to five. And not only is that better um, because we can then charge less and, and justify that lower fee, um, but for me, experience is always measured in the number of times you do something, not really the number of years you do something. So every real estate transaction is a little bit different. There's always a couple of hiccups along the way. And by having um, our agency more transactions than pretty much anyone else out there, you know, they're able to navigate the process in a way where we make fewer mistakes um, and, and we can avoid maybe some of those common pitfalls that a lot of other agents get stuck up on. Yeah, I absolutely appreciate that. I think so many times we, we forget about that, you know, how to become an expert, how to become successful um, is in the number of times you do that. The reason that, you know, so-and-so can hit a, a, um, a free throw without looking is because they've done it over and over again. And when you start to have that repetition where we're talking about, you know, shooting a free throw or talking about real estate, it's only going to make you a better agent. It's only going to allow you to be able to go through that process better and to be a better service to your clients. So I absolutely love you know, how that translates and how that benefits, you know, the clients that you all are working with. And so um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit yeah. and I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? You know, I, I think one of the biggest things is persistence. Um, for anyone who is looking to start a company, that's my number one tip. You know, it's going to be difficult. There's going to be ups and downs. It really is a roller coaster ride. So you really have to strap in and um, just be prepared for it. Um, you know, during those low points, you may want to give up, you know, you may not want to move forward, but being persistent as a, as a founder is really that number one quality that I think is important. You might've already touched on this, but I want to ask you for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be something if you were to hop into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. I mean, the first, and, and really the, the biggest mistake that we made starting this company was, uh, not being in the actual geographic area that we're launching in. So we're here in Nashville. And for probably about the first six months of starting this company, I was living in New York, um, or, you know, where I'm from. Uh, my co-founders were in LA. And um, we were trying to tackle this thing just by hiring someone in the Nashville market 
to kind of run our operations. And that was just a huge failure. You know, no one, especially this early on in a company is going to have as much passion for the company as you do as a founder. Um, so again, this may not apply to all companies out there, really just those that do have some type of geographic footprint. Um, but man, if you do, you really need to be in that market, um, you know, that you're operating in. Awesome. So I wanted to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Tyler, what does being a CEO mean to you? You know, being a CEO to me, it, it really comes down to leadership and that's so cliche. And I'll, I'll dive a little bit deeper into that. It's about making sure that the other team members, the people that rely on you, um, you know, one, have a reliable kind of rock to lean on. Um, but also you're the source of motivation, right? You really are kind of that glue that holds the company together. And whether that means, um, you know, continually motivating your employees and, and motivation is not always how much you can pay them or what benefits you can pay them, you know, especially a lot of times with um, startups, you know, we're strapped for cash and, and yeah, maybe giving out some equity is a good way to make up for that. But there's a lot of other ways you can motivate people besides monetarily. Um, so, you know, getting people excited about what the future of your company looks like, getting people excited about the change that you're bringing about to the market is something that's really important. Um, and then again, making sure that, you know, they can count on you, you know, making sure that if they do have a question um, or maybe they don't think that the company is being run the right way, right? Maybe they have some constructive criticism and a, a good CEO knows how to take that constructive criticism, internalize it and really, you know, use it to empower them to change. Um, you know, if you're a, a CEO where your employees are afraid to give you that constructive criticism, then you're doing something wrong. Yeah, I absolutely love it and, and appreciate that. And I think that leadership piece that you kind of touched on and expounded upon, you know, so much is, is huge. And I think that so many times we think leadership is this way. But as you talked about, you know, being that rock for people to, to, to be able to lean on or, or being able to kind of tap into and understand exactly what motivates them, what's their drive and how that aligns with what it is that you're doing. And just kind of having that consistency and understanding of um, where you want the organization to go where they want to go themselves as individuals is so huge. And I think that's definitely, you know, the, the balance beam, I guess, of, of being a leader, being a quote unquote CEO is understanding that and being able to kind of tap into that to, to get people excited about what you're doing. Yeah. And, and on that note, I actually, I just read on, on Twitter, I think it was yesterday. Um, I forget exactly who tweeted it out, but um, you know, it was a, a tweet about if you're a manager, right. Your employees that report to you, you know, they don't work for you. You as the manager are working from them for them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, if you're in a managerial position, if you're, you know, the, the founder or the CEO of a company, um, you know, you don't have employees that work for you. You really have to work for them, right? You have to make sure that all of your employees, they have what they're, what they need to do the best job and the most efficient job they can possible. Yeah, absolutely. Servant leadership is real. And I think that's something that, you know, we have to kind of tap to and understand that we're working for our, our team members, we're working mm -hmm. for our clients, and those are the people and, and the overall mission itself is also, you know, a big thing that we're working for. And if we understand that we put that in perspective, it helps us uh, increase the likelihood of us being successful. So Tyler, truly appreciate that definition. And I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do was pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know, and of course, how best they can get a hold of you and find out about all the awesome things you and your team are working on. Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess the, the last little piece of advice that I'll leave off on, um, in addition to being persistent is just always be learning. Um, you know, this kind of goes hand in hand with trying to master, you know, a certain part of your business and then pass it off to someone else. If you're not curious, if you're not always trying to learn a, a new topic, um, whether it's related to, you know, your company or not, um, you know, that's just a really important, uh, you know, thing to have is that curiosity and always be learning. 
Um, now, if folks want to get in touch with me, uh, you can do so by emailing me. Uh, my email is tyler at felixhomes.com. Um, if you're ever in Nashville, you know, feel free to uh, send me a message. Would love to kind of show you around. Um, it really is such a great place. And we have a lot of people moving here um, because it, it just has so much going for it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, we'll definitely have the links and information in the show notes and definitely take Tyler up on that before we hopped on. We were talking about all the great things in, 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 in Tennessee to kind of take account of, but I, I love uh, that curiosity and that always be learning piece that you, you left us off with because I think so many times uh, we forget that a lot of the innovations come about as we hear in this interview is by asking, you know, why is it done this way and creating something different? So appreciate you for, for telling us that, being that, and uh, I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. IMCEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the IMCEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.